Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, Tara Christie, President and CEO of Banyan Gold. I'm here at our Ormac project near Mayo in the Yukon. Um, you know, Banyan, we are rapidly advancing this ORMAC project. Uh, two drills turning right now, uh, gone from initial resource of 900,000 ounces, which we put out last June. And now we've drilled, well, almost 30,000 meters since then. So uh, really exciting year planned for our shareholders um, and uh, plan to see lots of news flow from us this year as we continue to, to really drill and advance this project. Tara, lovely to see you. And thanks for coming on again. I, I, I noticed you've done something different with the office, though. Looks different. Yes. I can't, I can't put my finger on this it. Is my <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no suit today or dress. Uh, I'm out in the field here. Um, it was great. Uh, you know, we announced that financing earlier this week, and I wanted to get out here right away to start to plan for what we're going to do and how we're going to spend that money, uh, make sure that we're set up to bring in some additional drills, um, talk to our people, make sure they're all planned to, to uh, go the distance because we're going to be the one company still drilling into November, maybe even December, um, like we did last year. Wow. Okay. So, so where are you? All kidding aside, what are we looking at there? I'm in the core shack right here on the Ormac project. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty great place. I'm on cell phone here because, uh, um, you know, doing Zoom on cell phone just like I would in the office or, or in downtown Vancouver. And, you know, that's one of the unique things about our project. We have fabulous infrastructure. The power station's just uh, less than a kilometer away from me here. And the main power line, uh, the road to Victoria Gold, you know, our two neighbors are the two newest producing mines here in the Yukon, Alexico and Victoria Gold. And, uh, you know, it's just that fabulous infrastructure, main highway, you know, I'm a 35 minute drive from the community of Mayo. We actually have a couple of people that live in the community and drive out daily, uh, which makes our project pretty different. You know, that fabulous infrastructure, side two mines. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, I, I want to talk about Alexico and Victoria uh, shortly, actually, because people are asking about this relationship between the, the three of you, where the, where this is all going. So I'm um, sorry to be a small school child-like person at this point, but I get quite excited when I sort of see see what's going on, where the money's going and, and, and so forth. So have you, you've, you've got some, that's the core shack there. So have you got core with like visible gold? I mean, what, what are you assessing in the core shack? So here we're logging the core. Uh, and we're looking for different structures and, and on Oryx Hill, the mineralization is in this concentration of sheeted veins. Um, and so, you know, I can pick up a piece of core here and I can get it out and show you that you know, this is what we do. We mark it up. There's some of the, uh, the veining that we're seeing and that that's what's carrying the mineralization. And yeah, I do have some visible core just over here. You know, we're seeing being visible, that, that red circle is right. visible gold. And actually, I've got, a, I've got a whole core tray right here. That Every single one of the samples in that whole core tray actually has visible gold in it. And we found more visible gold this year. And, and certainly, you know, the northern end of Powerline and, you know, Powerline, where we're getting some of that one gram of stuff, we found quite a bit of visible gold. Um, and, you know, that's not uh, this is going to be a potentially a open pit heap leach mine is the bulk tonnage, uh, but it's always really exciting. You know, we have a little competition for the person that finds the most uh, visible gold and uh, they got a 
the most recent prize was a bottle of scotch. <laughs> so a uh, little bit of internal competition between all our geos. That, that would do it. That would definitely do it. I mean, it's sort of, uh, people, I mean, seeing visible gold, people go through their whole careers not seeing visible gold, don't they? It's not, it's not hard. It's not easy, are there? Yeah, it de just depends on the type of deposit. Um, and sometimes, you know, just because you see visible gold doesn't mean it's going to be mineable. Um, there's lots of high-grade, narrow vein stuff where, you know, they're not mineable because it's, it's, there's too much dilution and ultimately a little bit of high-grade doesn't, doesn't work out. And that's why, you know, this is a big bulk tonnage. Um, and what matters here are those big intersections, you know, the 186 meters of 0.75, the, you know, all of those uh, big intersects, which overall um, end up, all of it ends up on the heat bleach pad, right? So Victoria Gold, the cutoff grade is 0.15. Um, and so everything over 0.15 goes to the heat bleach pad. So finding some one gram-ish stuff and, you know, an Oryx Hill there where there were those historic rab drill holes up to 1.54, that's really exciting because it's on surface, um, you know, could be a particularly, could be an area where we start um, or where a mine started, where you get some higher grade right on surface. So, you know, that's in the future. That's still potential. Uh, but that's part of the excitement of exploration is, is taking it from an idea and a geological model, which we did. You know, this was a power line was a brand new discovery in 2019 from us logging old core and, and look at it now. You know, it's, uh, it's progressing so quickly. Um, you know, we're doing that grid of 100 meter step outs. And so far, we haven't found an edge to mineralization at Powerline. <clears throat> you know, we can see from the, the drilling that we did to the north and the east, it's the mineralization is still going strong um, over to the west, going towards the power station. Again, you know, mineralization is still going strong um, and to the south. So, uh, you know, the fact that it's horizontal and, and right here beside the road in the power line is um, pretty exciting. And, and that's what geologists, you know, you plan, get this model and this idea and you go and drill test it. And um, that really is, gives you lots of satisfaction to have success like that. Yeah. And you said that you, 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 every hole was hitting mineralization and I, you know, you, you obviously got to work out what's there, what's economic and so forth. But so just, just, just to help me get this sort of childish, immature bit of uh, the conversation out of the way, can, can you sort of poke your head out the core shack and sort of show us around the, the, the camp just sure. to see what's there? Yeah. So we're pretty modest in our camp. Um, go at the door here. And there are mosquitoes here. But, uh, you know, these are our little office shacks, our fuel tanks over here. Um, that's beautiful Mount Haldane. And a little bit of forest fire smoke this morning. I think there's a few forest fires here. Um, then if you were behind those trees over there, that would be where power line starts, the substations over there. And then as we pan around, uh, that's the rest of power line. And then this hill up above, the core shack, that's Oryx Hill. Um, so really everything's pretty con uh, condensed here. These are our core shacks. We need one of these core shacks uh, per drill. So, you know, we're planning to build uh, a couple more core shacks. Uh, and then the smaller shack there is the, is the cutting shack. So we have two core saws in every cut shack and they support two core shacks. So, um, you know, you can see all the core that's come in from yesterday and the last couple days over here yeah so it's pretty modest you know we we don't have a, a lot of, um, of extra here we really try to spend our money on on drilling interesting it's interesting i just i didn't realize you had to you, you had to keep the 
core shacks for different drills? Is that that's just stop any mix up? Is it? Is, why do you do it that way? Yeah, it's just it, it just keeps it you know a system. You don't absolutely have to have one. That's just our system. Every drill is supporting with a company. You don't get a huge backlog, which you know can. You want to get that core processed and into the lab as soon as possible because especially in the summer you know back in february when we were drilling there wasn't quite so much competition at the lab but uh, now I, I definitely think we're starting to see some delays we were getting like 20-day turnarounds uh, the last results were like 35 40 days so definitely starting to see the timelines pushed now that other people have have joined us drilling in the yukon <laughs> Yeah, well, like, um, let, let's, let's let's talk about some of the the, the the company stuff. So, like, thanks for showing me around. I always quite quite like it. I think site visits are always quite telling and re- revealing. Of, you know, some people like to have quite lavish setups, and others just want to you know, get focus on the business of 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 drilling. And I, it's kind of interesting to see what you where you sit in that mix. Um, you've announced the sixteen million non brokered private placement. Okay, so sixteen million compared to your market cap is quite a chunk. Why, why did you go for that number? Well, we had uh, a couple strategic investors that had, um, you know, wanted en- enough to make it worth their while. A lot of the institutions have targeted amounts that they need to have, whether it's a percentage or, you know, they look at liquidity and they want to, or they, you know, need to have a, a, a minimum investment level. Um, so when you start with one of those uh, and then you add on, uh, you know, some of your long-term shareholders and our corporates um, who've been involved, number gets big pretty fast. But the other really important reason for a big number is because then we aren't going to be vulnerable to the market. We have enough money to get ourselves all the way through a significant resource update uh, and then a PEA. So, you know, that gets us all the way through 2022 um, uh, with very significant exploration and even the GNA well into 2023. So, you know, the flow through, of course, you have to spend. Uh, so we'll have to spend it by the end of next year. And you'll notice that most of the, the dollars we raised were flow through because we do tend to spend it in the ground. Uh, and another unique thing is, is, is because we have that long expiration season, um, we can both add drills and then also extend the season. So it gives us the opportunity to, um, you know, you increase the number of drills, but you also want to get your results back and make sure that you're drilling in the right areas. So, you know, we started in February this year and we drilled to December 15th last year. So we can similarly have a very long season. You can see all of our shacks are insulated, um, have heaters in them because we do plan to be here uh, when it gets cold. And, and yeah, it does get to 30 below. And, uh, you know, we, we tend to stop drilling in our activities when it's minus 35. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's actually better to be drilling when it's minus 20, minus 25 and the ground's frozen. You know, you do less disturbance um, when you're traveling out over the snowpack. Uh, it's also pretty efficient drilling. So, uh, and we're Northerners, you know, I grew up in the Yukon and, and working in Canada's North. So uh, it's a great time to get get stuff done in the spring and the fall. So, so, so talk, talk about some of the aims, because we've talked in the past about, you know, set, setting yourself targets with this amount of money. Which you know, let's say six months ago, you you probably weren't considering the sort of quantum. So, do the plans change? Do the targets you set yourself change? Do the number, does the resource number that you're aiming for change? Yeah, I haven't. I'm not going to announce a number quite yet, 
but we are definitely, you know, I've been saying that uh, we were targeting over 2 million ounces with the program that we'd planned for this year, which was uh, 15,000. And then we upped that to 22,000 with the money we had. And we think we're still well on track for that between Airstrip and Powerline um, and then Oryx Hill. We want to get an initial resource there. Um, so, you know, we've got a whole lot of results in the lab right now. Um, and uh, as we get those back, we'll, we'll update what we think our target is for Powerline. And then as we get some results back from Oryx Hill, we'll be able to plan for what we think we can develop for a resource there. Um, and, you know, we, we want to be make sure that we uh, under promise and over deliver uh, because that's, uh, you know, that's what the market is. If you give, if you give a number too early then. Uh, but, you know, I think this property in this area has the potential for three to five million ounces from the geology that we're seeing from the size potential uh, from what we see at Oryx Hill, uh, you know, and the drilling is the truth teller. Um, but, uh, but that is kind of our, our vision for us. And I think with two mines right beside us and everybody knows that Victoria Gold is, is planning on their, their project 250, which, you know, is increasing their, 300. their production. 300, I heard. <laughs> oh, 300. Yeah. Oh yeah, you interviewed Victoria this week. Oh, I yes. saw that. Yes, it was actually a good, good interview. It's, I think it's out in the club at the moment, but the uh, the general public will uh, receive will be getting that. I think in the next couple of days or so. But yeah, good, good interview. But yeah, they're they're aiming big. We, well, there's a nice point to talk about this. Okay, between Lexco and and Vic, Victoria, they've got some ambitious plans. M and A's part of it. Lots of questions mm -hmm. sent in between the relationship between the three companies. You know, you've got a couple of big boys there. You're just starting out, but you, yep. you're, you, you, you know, you've set yourself some ambitious targets there. Are there constant discussions going on? I say, how you guys all work together a little bit, or who gets to maybe look at your data and maybe if there's some sort of future relationship between all of you, because you, you know, you've got a decent sized property there. I know you've got a bit of money now, but you, you might want to find a partner in the, in the near future, might you? So yeah, the relationship between Alexco and Victoria has really been from the start and it was part of the, you know, the original idea of Banyan. Remember when I became the CEO in 2016, we only had our Highland project. I knew about the Ormac project because one, um, long before I was a CEO, back in 2013, my family had bought all the placer rights right under this property from uh, uh, an estate. Um, I knew about Bernie Kraft, who had taken out you know, 16 tons of two ounce material, which, you know, is just about 200 meters to the west of, of this core shack, um, you know, right from surface, uh, mined it just with an excavator from some high grade veins. So, you know, I knew about that. And I knew that the two properties were non-core to Alexco and Victoria Gold. And before that, they were, you know, there was really uh, fractured ownership. Nobody had put the whole land pack together so you know here we are in 27 we were in 2017 um alexico held one end victoria gold had the other um everybody knew likely mineralization right around the property boundary and we've confirmed that and we're going to be drilling right up to the property boundary this year um within the next couple of weeks so you know it really took another party and the idea between alexico and victoria gold was to put it in another junior which was banyan which was somebody that they knew they knew that we, we've shared their exploration philosophy, which was really putting money in the ground, very science-based, um, you know, had the same kind of working philosophy of getting along with the community and making sure that we're giving back, which is so important. Um, so that was probably why why the deal came together. And it's a 
basically a parallel deal where, you know, we earn in, they both put in equity and have continued to put in equity. And so that's where, you know, Alexco and Victoria got their original stake was both from shares issued, but also putting equity in. Um, and then, you know, we really were collaborative because it enabled us in the lean times to keep our costs down. You know, we started staying at Alexco's camp until they became a mine and, and then, you know, they needed and COVID hit and they needed all their rooms and that forced us to grow up and put in our own camps and infrastructure. Um, but we also shared, uh, you know, core loggers and geos so that and core cutters and, and people so that we didn't have to, um, you know, bring in additional people for the when we had to short term jobs. Uh, and, and even now, you know, if we share people that that gives them experience, but it also means that we can promise people longer jobs, which is, you know, exploration. Sometimes there's two or three months jobs, uh, which aren't great for, for people's lifestyles, you know. So our crews, we work, we work from February and now they know they're going to have jobs through till November, uh, which is pretty unique in the exploration business. And, um, and by sharing them, that lets both of us have longer term and, and better trained employees. So there's that collaboration on the data side. You know, we, we don't share our assays that aren't public with either Victoria Gold or Alexco, but very similar to everybody else. You, you'll notice we have all of our assays in our drill color locations on our website. And we update that roughly every two to three weeks so that everything that's public is available and people can do their, their own analysis of uh, where they're at. And that's why, you know, that research, there's a mosquito, um, research that came out from Sprott, um, you know, last week, they were actually able to to look at the real data themselves and do their own analysis. Interesting. So, so back, back to the kind of heart of the question, which was, does, what are the terms of that agreement? Because, you know, could one of those two parties step in and say, do you know what, I'm going to take this thing out? And I know we're looking forward, but. Yeah, there's no back in right to it. No, so we okay. have the election completely at our election to earn 100%. Uh, we're we're well on track for that. You know what we have left to do. We've we've completed all of the earning expenditures on both sides. Um, so at some point we have to make another payment in either cash or shares to both Alexco and Victoria Gold, and we have to complete a, a PEA or PFS uh, to earn 100% um, on the property. So you know we're well on track. We've got five years um, to complete all of that, and I think we're well ahead on that um, that earning. So and and no back end rights. You know that's that was okay. part of the original deal. Okay. Um, so yeah, we have big shareholders, but just like everybody else, um, they have to, uh, you know, abide by the same rules if they get over 10%, et cetera. Um, so, you know, that gives it's opportunity for our shareholders that we kind of have three competitors already in our, our share registry. But, you know, I also think Ormac over 2 million ounces uh, is a standalone project um, because we have, a, as you said, very large land pack, lots of room. Well, that, that, that was going to be my question here, is can this be a standalone project? Does it need one of those two, other two stepping in and bolting it onto their existing uh, project? You think it can stand alone? I believe You're being attacked. Be, yeah. You're being violently attacked by mosquitoes, <laughs> by aren't you? Mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a happy mosquito year this year. But uh, they, they get up early. They get up early. I'm up early, too. Yeah, so what time is it there? About 6.15 Oh, boy, okay. Well, crikey. Good. I was going to ask also, where is everyone? Because when you're panning around the camp, it's like there's no one there. Are you sure, are you sure you've got people working? But it's early there. So uh, do, you, do they come? It's early. Do they, they no drive? Out there. Do they? Sorry, go do on. they drive? Sorry. They drive in. Okay. Uh, no, they're all working. Every, uh, um, you know, two drills are turning. 
So, and Frank, that's what you're talking about. You talked about the sort of seasons and so seasonality of it all. But how long do the drills turn for each day? I mean, how long can they turn for? Well, you know, with no mechanical breakdowns, ideally they would, um, you know, run for 24 hours a day. Um, but, you know, you do have mechanical. Um, so, you know, they're 12-hour shifts and the drillers, uh, you know, take over for each other. So, you yeah, know, the, the idea is to have as little downtime for for all of the mechanical and other stuff as possible. And that's how you really get production. Um, and, you know, having experienced drillers is really important. Um, we've got, you know, we've, we've had to train a lot of people this year because there's quite a bit of competition for people. And I think that's will be a, a challenge for lots of projects is finding qualified people and drillers and helpers. Well, also the cost of all of this as well. You know, especially, I know COVID's been tricky and we've been talking to lots of companies with having to deal with COVID and, Getting moving people around, moving equipment around, getting supplies in, the cost of the materials, yep. you know, the availability of of drill, you know, not just the drill rigs, but the actual personnel to run those has been complicating matters. I mean, it hasn't affected you hitting your targets, but you know, you've done that quite easily. But um, is that are you still seeing that a, a continuing concern? You know, COVID had a big impact on everybody, and we all had to adjust our camps. You know, we had. Had to put in more bathrooms so that you could have people self-isolating, accommodation that doesn't didn't share air. Um, you know, in the Yukon, to bring somebody in from outside a province, we actually have a approved self-isolation plan. So they come in and they can work, but we very much make sure that they are separate in their workspace, in their living space, they eat in their own space, so that there's no potential for transmission, which is super important. Um, we've been successfully doing, you know, having people come up since last year in June and, and touch wood, we haven't had a COVID case uh, um, on site or amongst our employees. Um, so, it, but it's been a juggling act for sure, that extra planning, um, you know, there were extra costs related to extra rooms um we now have way more rooms just because um and way more bathrooms which long term is great for us now ramping up but uh, at the time it's like really they've got to put more money into that um <laughs> well like that you, anyway. you just raised some money which, which is really good um so uh, you, you said you can't announce yet what the plans are or where the alloc where what you're going to be targeting and how much money you're going to be allocating at the different um, projects but wh when can we expect to see that well i can tell you that you know all that flowed through that, that basically there's 13.5 million in uh, in uh, flow through which will go to exploration drilling between particularly our line and orex hill um, and, you know, towards a resource update, still planning that for Q1 of 2022 uh, and then starting the PEA. So uh, the majority of that money is going to go to ORMAC because that's uh, um, we might spend a little bit of money on Highland, um, but most of it's going to go on. Uh, and we know that that money has to be spent on, on exploration because it's flow through. So uh, our resource targets going to increase. Um, once we start to get our, our results back from Powerline, we'll be able to get a sense of that. Um, you know, targeting over 2 million ounces, which is what I think is a critical threshold for a Yukon project to be standalone. And, uh, and really what we find at Oryx Hill will, will tell us the scope of, of how large that potentially could be. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, look, I'm tired. Like I know it's early. You probably haven't had breakfast or coffee yet. Uh, so thanks for getting up so early to, you know, Invite us into your home, your second home. Um, I always get quite excited when I look at this. I wish more companies would do it. I, I quite like looking at 
what, what companies have built up and the sort of the scale of the infrastructure. Should maybe um, if if you've got any shots of you know where the drill bits are and stuff, I'd love to maybe help share those with people as well because that's the exciting end of end of all of this, isn't it? Yeah, I have some drone footage too over Oryx Hill, and that shows you know the power line and the camp and everything. Um, yeah, I'll send it. Send I'm it standing in front of Oryx Hill and just seeing the scope of it is really quite. Um, you know, it's, it's a bit awing, you know, you know, I show people that soil anomaly on the map and you talk about it and then to go stand on it next to the drill and just go, wow, that soil anomaly goes from here all the way over there. And then, you know, taking the drone up there and looking around and, um, you know, drones are such amazing exploration tools because they really can, can show you areas and, and just put it all into perspective. Um, so, yeah, I'll send you some drone Im imagery because it, it tells an amazing story of this. This property. Brilliant. All right. Thanks for uh, thanks for catching up with us today. We'll see you soon, perhaps uh, when you get your feet behind the desk, or maybe not. Yes. By this fall, we'll have lots of news flow, and and uh, I can give you an update on the exact plans. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.